cliffcentral.com. This is the Tea Health Show, and we have in the studio with us the wonderful Martin Pelders. Martin is the... Um, what are you? You the founder, member? What are you of yeah. Matrix Men? <laughs> founder, chief clown. Uh, yeah. Now I am the uh, founder of Matrix Men. Um, right. It's the first organisation in Africa to talk about male survivors of sexual abuse and rape. And uh, yeah, we've been doing this now for what ten years, uh, supporting men, talking about advocacy work, and, and and just dealing with issues that people don't like talking about. To be quite honest. No, I'm, I must tell you, and I'm not often nervous going going into an interview situation, but but today I am particularly. Uh, I, I was particularly nervous, and and the the reason is it's such a it, it's such a scary topic for so many for so many people, and unfortunately it. I think affects so many people in this in this country, and often those those experiences are so sublimated. And to be talking about it, we don't know what it's going to bring up for people and that mm. sort of thing. So that's yeah. that's always a, an issue for me. Yeah. Well, then let's give a trigger warning and just say, look, we're going to be talking about tough stuff, and yes. uh, you know, it might upset people. But uh, uh, I just want to encourage people that it does upset or that it does trigger that. Reach out, please reach out and uh, and get support, get help. You know? Absolutely. At the end of the show, just before we close, we'll we'll put out where people can or what they should do should should this trigger anything, or if they've been sitting with this for many many years. So, you know. well, um, interesting thing, um, Chris, is that the average age in our groups is about forty five. Right. So, in other words. It takes about 30 years from when it happens. So the average age at which children are abused is between 7 and 13. So it takes about 30 years for somebody to come out and talk about it. So these guys live with this dirty, nasty secret for mm. 30 years before mm. they find the courage to actually do something about it. And, um, yeah. Sorry about that. We've got our own theme tunes coming. We in. do. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going wrong here this morning. I normally yeah. Oh, sure. Don't know what happened. Don't know what happened there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it takes about thirty years for the average person to come out and talk about it. And um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of pain that happens in that thirty years. Right. You know? uh, I mean, I, let's 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 break it down. Let's let's go into into the nitty gritty. You've. Uh, not broaden you have broadened out slightly with with uh you've got a questionnaire and stuff like that let's let's start with that and then we'll go down into into where it comes from and and why it's broken down into that. sure so what we've done recently is um for the last 20 years the cdc in in, in the state center for disease control have been investigating this thing they call aces so adverse childhood experiences and it's been a revelation for me because it's it's been an awakening in terms of the fact that we can see what effects childhood trauma have on adult human lives. So right. it, it has mental effects, physical effects, and it really impacts on your health in a ginormous way. So the CDC has been going through this thing where they've done, um, I don't know who actually uh, discovered it. I believe it was an insurance company that started this questionnaire. Uh, and from that, it's kind of evolved. And uh, so the CDC has gone into the whole thing and they've uh, asked, broken it down to 10 questions, which are, is broken up into three categories. So the categories are mental, emotional, and 
uh, abuse, sorry, and neglect. Uh, there's also physical abuse and then there's sexual abuse. So in those 10 questions, they ask you, uh, based on those three categories And if you answer yes to three or more of these questions right. Your life is impacted health-wise quite dramatically So for instance, you have a 220% higher chance of ischemic heart disease Sure okay. You're 169% more risk of developing type 2 diabetes You're... Um, I think 189% higher risk of developing cancer, 469% risk of uh, developing depression, a severe depression, and 140, sorry, uh, 1,400% more likely to commit suicide. I, I mean, those, those stats are just horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely horrendous. They are. I, and, and, and I, I mean, I honestly never, never knew or even contempl- contemplated that it would have such, uh, I can sort of understand the psychological aspects. So, so depression and suicide risks, even though I didn't realize how high they were. But on physiological, you know, diabetes and cancer and all of those, which I mean means it's really deep seated in the psyche, which is causing that adverse. Those adverse effects Effects, yes So what the reason I kind of looked at And I went, you guys are crazy I mean, how can it actually affect you physically? Mm. And then I watched this There's a lady um, She's currently the um, head of health in California um, Dr. Brown, I think her name is um, Incredible lady And she's the person who's been champion And driving in this, this whole ACEs thing She's a right. pediatrician And she had an issue in that she had so many parents coming into her free clinic in California um, where they were displaying this uh, uh, symptoms of ADHD. So the parents were bringing, dragging these little kids into this place mm-hmm. going, my child's got ADHD, put them onto Ritalin, put them onto this, put them on, you know, drag them up. We don't want to deal with these crazy children, you know. And she kept doing these exams, you know, and doing the testing properly. Mm-hmm. And she went, but only about 2% of these children actually had ADHD. And she started looking around for reasons and she found the ACEs. And the ACEs then sort of started making sense that these children were all suffering three or more uh, ACEs. So they're answering yes to three of these questions. And we can go through the questions. And they were then displaying symptoms of ADHD. Now, she explains it in this way. She calls it the bear effect. And I've changed a little bit for South Africa because we don't have bears, you know. So we we got lions. So let's use our lions. So you're walking through the Kruger Park. Now, for the majority of South Africans haven't even been to the Kruger Park. So it doesn't happen often in their lives. But you're hiking through the Kruger Park and you come around a clump of trees and all of a sudden you're encountered by this beautiful lion. He's got this ginormous mane, his big big mouth, big teeth, you know, and he looks at you and he roars. So what's your immediate response? So you're going to go into your reptilian brain. You're going to have three responses, fight, flight, or freeze. Now, what happens to your body when those repti- when the reptilian brain kicks in right. is that your adrenal gland, your brain says adrenaline, adrenaline, and it starts pumping adrenaline into your body, okay? Your muscles tensen up. Your heart rate 
elevates, it goes higher. Your pupils dilate. Right. You start breathing differently because you want to get more oxygen into your system. And you're getting ready for one of those three responses, fight, flight, or freeze. Okay. And your body is being prepared for that by your brain. Now, how often do you actually go walking in the Kruger Park? How often do you actually walk into a lion? That doesn't happen very often. No, exactly. Most no. people's lifetimes, it'll never happen. Right? I've uh, never been approached or close to a lion in that in, in a dangerous situation. In a dangerous situation. Yeah, in the zoo, it's cool. I mean, yeah. It doesn't affect you. Well, even in the in the bush, they've been around the vehicle, but I certainly haven't had those experiences. Yes, yes, you know. absolutely. Now, the thing is, now the question comes down to what happens if the lion lives in your house? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so these children are coming home and they're having that reptilian response every single day. It's going to put strain on your heart. It's going to put strain on your body. It's going to put strain on your mind. And that's what's causing this physical response. That's right. why you're more prone. For instance, um, I mean, just a personal account. You know, I mean, I have a, a severe uh, BPH, prostate problem, or BHP, which I, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I'll get there. <laughs> Benign, hyper, something, prostate. Yes. Yeah, so, and I firmly believe it's because of the abuses that I suffered. Right. And, you know, I went through a thing where my father had, uh, in those days, we called it a rebore. So you're going for surgery and they stick this thing down your urethra and they drill it out. And it just, it, it scared me. Mm. And I think I've been harboring that tension in that area of my body. And that's caused BPH in my life or BHP in my right. life. So it's quite a severe one. So I'm going to need to go for surgery. And I firmly believe that it's because of the tension, because I focus in, you know, that saying what you focus on is what's going to happen or yes, what you're going yes. to manifest. Yeah. And I firmly believe that. You know, I Especially really if do. It's, if, if it's so deep seated and, and, it, and it's just sitting there, it's constantly with you. Exactly. You, you, you know, you, you, no matter what you're doing, no matter how good your life experience becomes, it's constantly with you. It's yes. that monkey on the shoulder Always. concept. Yes. Yeah. I'd like that advert for yeah. the particular chicken company. Yes. And that monkey grows and it, mm. it grows and grows and grows. And the only way to get rid of the monkey is essentially to talk about it, you know. And the, one of the most shocking things is with, with ACEs is that your life expectancy decreases by up to 20%. I mean, that's a huge amount of, of, of life. Exactly. You know, so in an average lifespan, you're looking at between 12 and 15 years yeah. topped off your life. So, so if you've got a lifespan of 80, you're looking at, at a lifespan of 60. Yes. With, with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's quite dramatic. Um, yeah, a little bit less. So 85, uh, sorry, 65. Yeah. Hard, yeah. So it's, it's still very low. It is very low. You know, I mean, that's mm. young. And, and I see this when I see men of 60 dying of heart attacks and mm. cancer and all that sort of stuff. And I just think to myself, what happened to them as children? What did they experience? What did they live through that manifested this disease in their bodies? But the nice thing about it is we're getting all depressing, but it is, you are capable of turning around. Right. Good. Okay. So it's, it's a matter of number one, acknowledging so that's why we do the ACEs questionnaire. In South Africa, I've gone out and I've done about 450 questionnaires to date. And our average score in South Africa is 4.75. Right. And just break that down for us. So what does that, that mean? So as I said earlier, if you, if you have a score of three or more, your, your health risks exactly. increase exponentially. So 4.75 so is, is, is a big leap. Is a big leap. So from three, it's nearly five. Right. So three is sort of the cutoff that CDC has determined. In South Africa, we're averaging five at the moment. And I mean, when I say averaging, that means some people have got nine and some people have got 
too, you know, mm. but everybody has suffered some form of trauma in their lives. Right. Okay. So it depends on the severity of that trauma and how many different traumas you've had, you know, so, um, but it, you can turn it around. So by knowing what your ACEs score is, you can start putting in interventions. So therapy, great one. Okay. Right. Meditation. Great one. Exercise. Great one. Changing your diet. You know, mm. all of these things can then start turning around. All the lifestyle factors, changing your lifestyle. Absolutely. Factors, yeah. Yes. I mean, it, it, what, what's interesting here for me is that, um, yes, it, it can be changed, but it, it's, it's like any issue that we face. The first step clearly is acknowledging it. Absolutely. And, and I mean, that's always the, the hardest part, I think. Is, is, is to acknowledge that there is something wrong and something, even if you haven't, uh, often to my mind, the, those memories are quite sublimated. So you don't consciously remember them or know them. You just know there's something there. Yes. You know, one of the big things with male survivors of sexual abuse is, is what we call, uh, and the word slipped my mind. <laughs> we're doing well today. Yeah, we both are. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. So uh, men actually forget mm. that they were abused. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Repressed memory syndrome. There we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Supplemented, so, repressed, totally. Absolutely. Totally. And I mean, that was evident in my life because I myself am a survivor. I mean, I would never have started Matrix Men if I wasn't a survivor no, of sexual I mean, abuse. So, unfortunately, that's how it goes. You have to be in it to win it. And exactly. I used air quotes there. Yeah. So. so, yes. Yeah. So I was definitely in it. You know, I mean, I was abuse, uh, a rape victim from the age of five to the age of 19. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it, it was men and women. So everybody goes, the only men are perpetrators mm. Only girls mm. are victims But that's not true You know I mean that wasn't my life My life story was that I was being raped by older women I was being raped by men And that that is it You know um, A lot of it I repressed mm. I didn't think about it Because well society told me that I couldn't be a victim Because I'm a man You know Or supposedly a man Number one And I think that's one of the biggest myths We need to, we need to dispel here Absolutely yeah. You know uh, Second thing is Women don't rape, you know. Women are these nurturing, loving, caring people, you know. Mm. It's not true because they can be broken too, you know. The Absolutely. fact of the matter, I mean, just as men are broken, women are broken, you know. I mean, I posed a question the other day. I said, you know, what, what, you know, uh, and sixty to ninety percent of men who have been in GBV uh, situations have testified. To the fact, I mean, that's quite a broad thing, actually. I need to look at that research. Sixty to ninety percent. It's a huge amount, yeah. Yeah, of men who have been in uh, abusive relationships or have been abusers, okay, um, testify to the fact that they were victims of childhood trauma. So I said, the excuse or cause? You sure? You know what is it? I mean, yes, exactly. That's. Fundamental yes. excuse or cause. So yeah. we go on to become abusers because we're victims, or you know, I mean, I mean, there's a whole discussion, and I think we need to start getting real about this whole thing, you know, because especially in the sexual crimes uh, environment, they always go, you know, somebody's caught and he's a pedophile. So, for instance, let's take Parktown Boys, for instance. Right. Okay. Polo coach, young guy, 22, he's got his whole life ahead of him because he's bust molesting 10 boys or molesting and raping, by the way. Um, 10 boys, I think it was, or 15, I can't remember now. Mm. Um, it was a lot more boys that were actually victims, but most of them decided not to come forward. And then he goes, yeah, but 
that's what they did to me when I was at school. You know, so now everybody goes like, ah, you know, typical thing, you know, and now you've been caught. Now suddenly you were a victim. Yeah, yeah. And we need to get real about these things. I mean, you taught that from somewhere. You know, it's, it's, it's a learned, it's a learned behavior. Behavior, exactly. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I always say, you know, nobody, a little boy between sort of the ages four and eight, you know, he's playing cowboys and Indians or whatever he's playing these days. doesn't grow up going like, when I'm big, I want to be a pedophile. No. You know, exactly. when yeah. I'm big, I want to beat the crap out of my wife you know the, nobody grows up thinking that i want to be a policeman i want to be a fireman i want to be a, a well, doctor heroes, heroes i want to be a hero yeah we don't want to be these evil people you know so where does it actually all start it starts with being a victim mm. that's it mm. you know and I, I didn't go up i didn't grow up to become a pedophile okay but i most certainly inflicted abusive behavior on my family I mean, I had anger issues because I'd sure, internalized yeah. all this pain, mm. okay? And I was just an angry man, and it, it didn't take too much to snap me, and I'd be in a rage again, you know? I mean, I never punched or hit my wife or my children. In fact, the one time I gave my daughter a hiding, I think I cried more than she did. But, yeah. you know, it was that rage that, you know, they never knew when I, that, that edge, when I was going to drop off the edge and when mm. I was going to, mm. and I wrote the other day. I and said, you probably didn't either. I didn't. You, they, they, it, you probably didn't understand your triggers. Yes. Big thing. Absolutely. Understand your triggers, you know, mm. and that's difficult for a lot of the guys that I, mm. I counsel. You know, I keep saying you need to learn your triggers, mm. you know, for those guys that keep relapsing into drugs and alcohol. I say you need to understand your triggers. What set you off? You don't now five minutes before you pick up the pipe with crack in it to relapse go, well, now I'm going to, I'm going to smoke now because I feel bad. It yeah. starts two, three days before that. Of course. You know, you got this little monkey going in your shoulder and in the back of your head and he's mm. going like, come on, come on, come on. You can get rid of this pain. So what triggered you? What starts you off? So I never knew those triggers. And, um, I mean, I said the other day, it's like the worst thing for a father is like flying to that rage and then looking at your little girl who you love, truly love. And the fear in her eyes. Mm. I mean, that mm. no father ever wants that. Mm. You know, you don't want mm. your little girl to look at you with fear. You want her to look at you with love and respect. You know, so these are the impacts that we have. And um, I think we've kind of di- diverted off the original question quite dramatically. Well, well, yeah. well, I think we have, but I, but I think it's such a broad topic that that um, it. it you know, just just contextualizing. I mean, where we are now is we're saying that people, first of all, repress yes. these these um, emotions, and and it comes out at in various ways, whether it's psychologically or physiologically. Yes, it it will manifest. So. From childhood abuse, sexual, is, is it, uh, do you deal with, um, physical as well? We, we start in, in fact, this coming year, we're going to start groups for abuse victims. Right. So it'll cover all childhood abuse. You know, I found very, uh, you know, when you start talking about male victim, victims of, of, of sexual abuse, boy, people shut up. They, they just, Shut or down. close down because it's such a down. social taboo. Actually, yes. yeah, it's a tremendous taboo. So, we, as an organisation, have decided that we're going to open up groups, hopefully around the country. We'll see how that's going to work out with COVID and all that sort of stuff. We'll probably start online. Um, 
and we're going to open up these groups where we're just going to start dealing with abuse. Mm. So men and women who've suffered some form of abuse. And then when they get to that point where they actually finally realize that, okay, I was raped as a little boy, then we can peel them off into a group that mm. deals exclusively with sexual abuse. So, yeah, so hopefully from probably February, we're just getting programs in place and all that sort of stuff. We'll start dealing with abuse as a childhood abuse as a general, uh, as a general theme. I'm just going to recap, uh, or, or, or slight, uh, slightly, but but going to male childhood hood abuse. What, and and this is going to sound like a strange question. What constitutes, and and let's talk sexual abuse here. What constitutes sexual abuse here? Mm. Well, in the South African context, so thanks to the law change in 2007, I think it was. Yes. Um, so what constitutes? So. Whatever happens to women and men, it's all rape or abuse. Okay. So it's because that was a big change in 2007 because prior to that, men could not be raped. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was indecent assault, yes. a maximum sentence of five years. So it suddenly it changed in 2007, but we still had that uh, prescription period, hmm. which fortunately the Frankel case dispelled or br- destroyed uh, in the constitutional court in February 2019. So we had that overturned thanks to the great efforts of uh, Ian Levitt and the Frankel Eight. Um, so that was a, a, a great victory. But let's go through what constitutes rape, sexual abuse. So any forced penetration. Okay. Being forced to penetrate. Right. Okay. Um, so forced penetration with digit. Okay. So finger, tongue, whatever the case, more penis. Um, or being forced to penetrate. In other words, a young boy is forced to penetrate a woman or a man, um, vaginally, anally, or orally. Right. Okay. Um, molestation is molestation. So where somebody touches you without your permission on any of your private bits. So anus, um, penis etc so that essentially constitutes uh, that's not the legal definition but if we think it through that that's what constitutes. yeah I, I don't think the legal definition needs to come into here i think uh, come into this i think it's how it makes that person feel feel exactly and i mean i think that's the base the basis surely yeah i mean you know say you've got the uncle that likes you sitting on his lap oh yes you, you know I mean that is abusive. Yeah. Be, I mean, I, and when I say likes, it's it's not, and and you know, there's lots of really loving uncles, and I'm you know, I'm not demonizing pe- people because we've got. To, I think we've also got to be very careful around yes. around that. Yeah. But but you 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 know where it's it's getting too. <laughs> Creepy. Well, well, where he enjoys it just that little bit little too bit much, too having much, yes. his, his little niece in, a, in a, her short party frock sitting on his lap. You know, yeah. that's that sort of thing. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna relate a story which is incredibly uh, pertinent. I think when I was in primary school, so so sort of senior prim- primary school, there was a joke amongst us boys that um, you weren't, you must never. Walk in front of the classroom, which was occupied by one of the good old Transvaal Education Department <laughs> inspectors. Yes, you, you weren't allowed to, and especially you know we'd try and sneak past because it was the closest way to the tuck shop or something. But if he caught you, what he would do is make the boys come into his room, not the girls, the boys come into his classroom, change in front of him into a speedo, 
lay them across his lap and spank them with his bare hands. Wow. And it was, it was common practice. We all knew about it. We, we would laugh at whoever had been caught at the, at that point and all of that sort of thing. And I'll never, I'll never forget the one day we were talking about it in our maths class. And dear Mr. Pronk, our maths teacher said, what? And, and started listening very, very clear, clearly, asked the right questions. And within half an hour, the police were there and arresting this, this man out of, out wow. of the school. We saw, we saw it. But I mean, that sort of thing, as a bunch of boys, we just all thought, we weren't realizing what this man was doing. Mm, yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's horrendous as a, as a, as a story. In retrospect, it's horrendous. No, but the thing is that, you know, when it, when it happens to you, I mean, what do you feel? Mm. You know, I mean, you feel embarrassed totally, and you feel humiliated, humiliated, and that is, you know, I mean, who gives that guy the right to do that to a child? I mean, come on. Well, I mean, just just the act of making you stand in front of him and ch- change, change yeah. you know. Mm. I mean, that that in and of itself is is bad enough, but then obviously over the lap, and I mean, who knows what was going on going, yeah, yeah. around all of that. There's probably a bit more that guys weren't talking about. And well, I should be. imagine so. Like, look, it didn't it didn't happen to me, but I mean, mm. it was part of our common parlance. Yes, and, yeah. and you know, we understood that. This speaks so nicely to toxic masculinity, isn't it? It's Absolutely, beaten into us from a young age. Well, I mean, we were ten, eleven years old, and Crazy. and thinking it's. You know, oh, he got caught. Ha 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 ha. You yeah, know, yeah. and 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 the 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 victim was would brave it out. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. It wasn't so bad, and it didn't hurt when he hit me, and all of that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, all of that. All of that. Well, of course he wasn't because it was fundling. It wasn't hitting. You know? No, exactly. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, all of that sort of thing. I think firstly we need to give Mr. Bronco hero award. Absolutely. Yeah, for being brave enough to actually call him out on that. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, but but you, you know, and and uh, so I mean, I use that example to contextualize. So so that was. Um, there was no pen- penetration, mm. but there was a lot of damage that was done done around that. You know, the weird thing, Chris, is that um, I counseled a guy who was molested by a teacher for like six months. In fact, I was a substitute teacher. And this guy would just come and stand next to him and just rub his penis sort of over his pants. He wouldn't even stick his hand in. He would just mm. rub it over the pants. And this guy's trauma, I would I would place on a scale of about nine. Honestly, suicide attempts, depression, you know, that sort of thing. I think for guys that have been raped, it's, a, it's, it's probably, it sounds weird, but saying a little bit easier because you understand it was wrong. Yes. You know, it was yes. a definite, you know, I was raped. Bad. Very distinct. This was totally yes. wrong. Yes. Whereas the molestation just played on this guy's head mm. to such an extreme that I think, you know, in terms of men on a danger scale, I would place him right up there. You know, we always have this thing is like you say to guys, where are you at? You know, mm. are you green, orange or red? And I would kind of put him at the red yeah. for a very long time. And he was going like, no, it was, he just touched me. You know, it was ugh, it was nothing, you know, but it, yeah. But psychologically, a lot of that trauma could have come. And I'm not saying it happened in this case, but but could have come from the fact that he had a physical reaction to it. He's a, a hormone ridden teenager exactly. or whatever. Yeah, and, in high and, school. And, and, and you, you know, you're boys, by the way. Oh, well, there you, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not demonize them too much. But, but, the, but, but the point is, you're going to have, you, you're going to have those reactions. I mean, as a hormonal teenager, you know, the mere glance or 
I mean, if your speak, dog's so tail brushes against you, you're going to get an erection. You exactly. Know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything you know? is just like a response. But then the psychological thing. Yes. What, what does it say about me? Was I enjoying it? Did I want it? Did yes. I want it to go further? Et yes. Et cetera, Why did he pick me? Maybe I invited him. Yeah. Maybe yeah. there's a lot that plays that into that. victimhood that comes, comes into, into totally. it. Totally. You know, and the other thing is that we need to also understand that a lot of perpetrators know how to pick their victims. Sure. You know, so... I Grooming find is very real. Very real. And, but I also find that, that, that guys that become victims are quite often come from very broken homes. So it's, it's kind of that, that cycle. Yes. Mm. Yes. You know, so they are looking. They, you know, it's not like they're going and sexualizing themselves, going out there, hi, I, you know, I'm looking for a guy to molest me. No, it's yeah. not that. But there is this, I would say this, 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 a look that a, 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 a neglected child develops. It's kind of this this thing in the eyes, a vacantness, vacantness, and that sort of thing. And you know, perpetrators pick up on that. Yeah, they, and, and they spot it I from a mile away. I think they pick up the, on the vulnerability. Yes, and and and, and they 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 generally are, are can be quite high functioning, and 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 they they really hone in on that vulnerability. Mm, but mm. I, you mentioned something, and I want to talk about. You know, some some teenagers, the the opposite thing, coming from a, 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 a disturbed background. One of the ways they act out can be from a hypersexual point of view, where they become hypersexual. And, the, you know, yes, they, they then do look for that validation and sex with older people generally, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it doesn't excuse that older person at all. No, at, no. at all. But, I mean, that, that, the, the mere fact that they're doing it is indicative of what's going, of a problem. In, yes. in their, their childhood. Absolutely. You know, I mean, they, there is a learned behavior. Sorry. Learned behavior. Yeah. We need to look at this. Uh, when does a, when does a boy develop and, and how does he develop? So we're going to go through phases of development. So, I mean, every boy up to a certain age hates girls. They're yeah. just ugly. They, yeah. yeah. You know, they're Yuck. nasty. Um, then comes a point in their lives where the hormones start kicking in, right? So as you said, they get to this thing where, you know, they have their first wet dream, uh, and it's it's this process kind of develops. They start masturbating fifteen times a day, or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. It is yeah. You know, yeah. Where's your brother? He's in the bathroom again. again. You know, yes. yeah. Oh. So yeah. eight times today. That's enough. Yeah, I don't know how the biceps look, but anyway. Um, but that's the progression. You know, oh. it doesn't mean that you're mentally and emotionally in a place to be able to physically have sex with a woman. Sure. Okay, that process only comes later. So in 16, 17, 18, you know, that, that's when it happens. Now, anything that interrupts mature, physically and mentally, mentally, yeah. yes. And, and that's what we miss as men. We think because we've matured physically, that's it. Great. We're ready. I yeah. mean, I've heard horror stories of guys taking their 13 year old sons to whorehouses to have the initiation. And how sick is that? I mean, the guy is in no way ready to be able to do that, you know, well, and with Not, your father being present and egging you on yes exactly i mean it's really sick yeah so you're not emotionally and mentally prepared for that kind of intimacy you know and um i mean i remember being raped at 12 by a 19 year old woman and i never classified it as rape until i was in my 40s and i started Mm. dealing with these things Mm. and suddenly i really realized i actually never had a say in the fact that i did or didn't want to have sex with that woman yeah, I did not have a relation. Sorry, something else came to mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was in no way 
ready for that relationship. You know, I mean, I can remember after the deed was done, it took all of about 10 seconds mm. and I spent the night puking. I was so sick, you know, and it kind of put me off. You know, and that was supposed to be, have been my choice, but it wasn't. So it was almost like my virginity was stolen from me again. You know, that, right. that time where I thought, well, when I decide who I'm going to make love to, mm. then it will be my choice and somebody that I want to. And that again was stolen from me. So now it's, it, it's, it's this weird progression. You know, I mean, boys of ages and everybody develops differently. You know, I mean, you're not ready for that physical relationship and society tells us that we are. Sure. You know, and then the news, for instance, we had another yet again, I don't know what it is with water polo coaches down at uh, a very famous school in, in, in the Western Cape and she was sleeping with boys. You yeah. Know? And yeah. it wasn't termed rape in the news. So this is another area where I get really angry. So the, the, the press is going to know they had, re, they had an intimate relationship. No, they didn't. She raped him. He was underage, you know. He was underage. She, she was in a, a position of, of authority. Yes. Boom. And that, it's that's rape. the definition. Yes. And we yeah. need to start calling it what it is. You know, we need to stop making it look nice. You know, mm. when you're 16 or 15 and you're having sex with your 50 year old teacher, it's not cool. Even if, even if she's 19. Even if she's 19. You still, know, yeah. it, it's, and I, the boys may or may not have, um, couched it in the terms of a relationship or they, you, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And again, that toxic ma- uh, masculinity coming to the fore where, hey, you know, I also scored with, uh, you know, yes. she was a, mm. a good looking lady. I mean, who, who, who the lady who it was we're talking yes. about. Yes. But I mean, and she still not, hasn't been prosecuted, by the way. No, exactly. Yeah, no. she lost her job, apparently. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. I'm sure lots of schools wanted her <laughs> after that. No, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we need to, I, I, I mean, this is very much, and, and it, it's such a fine line, Martin, and, and this is, is, is what gets, gets to me. It, it is that fine line. Yes. The boy who's been rubbed, whose penis has been rubbed over his trousers. The, the boys who are being raped using yes. the right terminology mm. by a person in authority, teacher, mm. Mm. Um, all of that sort of thing. You know, talking about that water polo coach uh, at Park Town, when, when I first heard it, and, and, and this shames me to this, I thought, you know, he's only 22. They were 17, 18. Dad. No, it is completely wrong. Yes. And, and he, but, but you know, I, I tried to justify it and I think, oh, this poor 22 year old, his whole life ahead of him and he's now ruined and blah. No, 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 no. Can't even go there, you know. But it, that was my first, first reaction. And yes. I think that's society's first reaction. Ah, come on. And especially, yeah, what was, okay, it's boys on boys. That's not so cool. But if it was a woman with, with guys like what happened at uh, the school in Cape, in Cape Town, Town, yeah. Um, you, you know, ugh, please, you know, they loved they it. They had fun. They what a good experience yeah, for exactly. them. Yeah, getting yeah. initiated by an older woman. Ooh, wow. Yes. Yeah, and know. she's hot. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you know, but it's wrong. Very. You know, I've got a, um, I heard the other day, I mean, I was on a show and, and this father came in and he runs an organization. I can't think of the name of it now. But um, his son is in jail for life. 19, 20 years old now. Murdered his teacher. So mm. it turns out when he was 14, his teacher of 60, and the father turned around and said, who, she was older than his grandmother. 
Okay. Raped him. And he couldn't live with this. And he got to the point where he and his friend went and they murdered her. You know? And uh, there's a life ruined. Completely. A, a young man. And, and, and he was really, I mean, his father's well to do. And uh, it's, it's really had every opportunity in life. And now he's a, he's a murderer in jail because of what happened to him. Yeah. And I mean that to, that to me goes to, goes to uh, falling down in the courts as well as well. Oh, look, yeah. Murder it's, can never look, be condoned. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to condone murder, but there were huge mitigating factors. Yes. there you yes. know, you, you know um, and uh, to be driven to murder because of sexual abuse, mm. there has to be some mitigation there. It has to be. You know, I mean, we have situations where, uh, say, for instance, a wife who's been heavily abused by her husband, and she eventually. Sees no other way out, murders him. Mm. Yeah, gets a suspended sentence for ten years or whatever the case may be. These things happen, you know. And when we start, let's not get onto the topic of disparity in the court judgment system because because we could we could go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, we could be here for weeks. Yeah, but okay. So so let's get male the effects of sexual abuse on on men. Yes. Is, is, is really, really what, what we're talking about. I want to, I want to go back again now. We spoke about the physiological and psychological effects that it has on ongoing. Can you give us maybe just some case histories as, as broadly as you, as, as you need to, mm. um, ab- about how it manif- how these things do manifest in late, in later life? Um, and, yeah. and how how it comes to the fore, and what happens in that? You you gave a bit of a personal account, your anger issues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, alcoholism, yeah, right. Okay, okay. Porn addiction, sex addiction, yeah. But let's go through. I'll give you a couple of breakdowns. So I have um, one young guy, well, young, thirty nine. Um, <laughs> That's young. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was raped by his grandfather when he was five, seven, seven years old. Yes, um, lived on the streets, turned to crime, uh, heroin addict, crack addict. Uh, finally, what November last year, got his act together, got off the streets, and has been clean uh, since November. Um, Lived a life of crime, hijacking, breaking into houses, you know, and then everybody goes, uh, yeah, you know, in South Africa, naturally we're going to put a race to it. No, he was a little white boy. His father raped, his grandfather raped him in, in Scotland. Uh, and yeah, the, so that's one case. Um, have another case, a uh, guy raped by his brothers initially, um, again, grew up angry, uh, ended up almost beating somebody to death because they triggered him, said mm-hmm. something wrong. Um, gave him major, a wrong look. Gave him a wrong look. Major anger issues. Uh, myself, I turned to uh, alcohol. So from the age of 13, I started drinking heavily every weekend, binge drinking. Uh, and then that developed to a bottle a day plus habit, you know, by the age of 40. Uh, anger. Mm. Huge anger issues. Um, I would fly into fits of rage and punch walls and break my hands and stupid stuff, really. Um, porn. I mean, that is another rabbit hole that people disappear into. Sure. You know, I used to spend four or five hours a day surfing porn. 
um, when I stop drinking. You know, so you have this addictive personality. That's what it breaks down to. You can call it, you can call it all sorts of things. I mean, you know, the guy that goes to work at seven in the morning comes home at nine at night. Yes. Yeah, he's a workaholic. No, he's an addict for work and he's avoiding life. Or the three times a day gym, gymmers. Yes. Yeah. Five hours in the gym, you know, you know, strapping body, all that sort of. What are you avoiding? Yeah. In life, you know, what are you doing? To stay away from those things that scare you. So that's another addiction. Food. People overeat. A lot of people are obese. They eat Mm. their problems away. I did that in lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I I, I don't think you're alone in that. I must tell you. You know, then there's the other addictions. You can get into alcohol, drugs, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. So you have an addictive personality. You develop addictive personality when you are a victim of of major trauma. My feeling, personal, is not a medically proven fact. Mm, mm. But I feel that, yes, you do that. Then anger. And I always call them the big five. You know, men aren't taught to deal with their emotions. They're not taught to talk about stuff. They're not taught to to unpack and 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 be open and you know and one of the funniest things is when we go to the men and we say to them give us words for emotions and they always start with happy sad angry you know all the basic ones and they come up with about seven or eight Mm. you know when actually you look at you go to a woman and say give me words for emotions she'll rattle off a list for like 60 70 different ones you know and 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 this is the thing men aren't given the emotional tools we taught from a very young age not to cry to man yes you know tigers don't cry man up stop Mm. being such a baby Mm. what's wrong with you you gay or something you know Mm. and all these little things that are, are kind of packed onto us you know to be a real man what is a real man you know and um, so those are the things Luckily, that, that definition is slowly changing uh, fortunately from, from isn't it john wayne into, into an evolved human being yes you know and everybody gets i mean you can be john wayne and and still be a good masculine man you know exactly and a friend of mine uh he, he runs a thing called father of the nation craig wilson uh, wilkinson and he always says uh it's masculinity that society needs. Yes. But not toxic masculinity, positive masculinity. We actually lack it in a huge way. And we can see that in our families. You know, in South Africa, we have 62% homelessness. Uh, sorry, fatherlessness. But, and, yeah. uh, you know, and we know the effects of fatherlessness. So the mm. children are less likely to succeed. They're more likely to go to prison. They're more likely to end up addicts. They're more likely to commit suicide, be depressed, and you know, all of these things. So that, you know. It's, again, we go back to that learned behavior. And, and if you grow up in a home with with a, with a solid, strong, dependable male figure. Yes. Chances are you are going to emulate and learn that behavior. But if you but you if you grow up in a home with a, 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 an abusive, um, low EQ'd person. Mm. It's all again a, 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 a learned behavior, yes. and, and you perpetuate that cycle. Absolutely. One of my favorite sayings is, "Children don't do what you say; they do what you do." Yes. Yeah. So that you know, kids don't listen to you and go, "Well, you know, my dad says I mustn't smoke." You know, he sees you smoking, so he's going to, "Well, it's cool for me to smoke." You know, he sees you drinking. You know, one of the things that freaks me out, sorry, and it's a recovered alcoholic, is these guys that go in this like rite of passage. Yeah, my son, you're 13, have a beer. I'm going like, are you mad? You know, <laughs> seriously. I mean, that's A, against the law. Yeah. And B, you know, I mean, I, it, there's this 50-50 chance that you're going to be an alcoholic, but 
you don't actually know which one it is until you start 100%, drinking, you know. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's scary, scary, scary stuff. We fast running out of time. Can you believe hmm. it? But what I what I want to talk about now is is people. Men who have been abused, what does it do to their ability to for intimacy? It changes, you know. I mean, they always have a skewed sexual identity of some sort. So um, they're either going to try and be the porn star, yeah, or um, a lot of guys would have sexual identity crisis. Um, so they don't know where they sort of fit in, you know. So I. I I like sleeping with men, but I prefer being married to a woman and that sort of thing. Uh, whereas you find, I mean, guys that are homosexual kind of tend to know that from a very, very young age. Um, and they grow into it, you know, so it's, it's, it's not a problem. There's no confusion. They yeah. know what they are. You know, yeah. guys that are heterosexual, they know what they are. But guys that have suffered sexual abuse, um, quite often struggle with their, their sexual identity. Um, intimacy, sure, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I had a guy contact me the other day and he's like, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's been raped by his sister, has been for years, and he's now married. I'm kind of like, why? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, she's just not in a place to be married to another human being. Uh, can't have sex with his wife, but keeps constantly going back to his sister, you know? Um, so these are the weird things that, oh, that you, you God, encounter, I, 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 you know? Sorry, that, we've spoken about so much stuff. That, that just horrified me, actually. Sorry. No, it's, 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 it's fine. I mean, that's, but, but, but that, yo, <laughs> that, the pathology that goes on with that. Sorry, and it is no, a pathology. Totally. It's just Jeez. like, wow. Yo, it made, yeah. it made my screen, skin crawl, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you look at, you know, the funny thing is if I, I, if, you know, Pornhub, you know, sorry for the advertising, comes out with this report every year on what are the trends in the porn mm. industry and all that. And one of the fastest growing trends is brothers sleeping with sisters, you know, or sister-in-laws. Or they were just trying to make it nice or, uh, you know, daughter-in-law sleeping with stepfather or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the case step, may be, stepfathers you know. are, the, are the big things. Yes. You, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, so you're going where, where your mom goes. Yes. You know. <laughs> like, come on. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, this, Dysfunctionality, that's, that's what kind of creeping into society. Everything's becoming cool. You know, it's, it's everything is, there's, there's no limits. We can yeah. be what we want. But, you know, when, when, when the rubber hits the road and it's a reality, then you end up with a guy like this who's going like, you know, I mean, his life, he's going to go through another 10 years of therapy to try and get his head straight, you know. And every time I tell him that he's going to stop sleeping with his sister, he comes and goes like, but why? <laughs> because it's messing up your life, you know, and you know if you want to have an intimate relationship with your wife, exactly, you know, because he can't get erect with his wife, but he can do it with his sister. But I mean, that's that's uh, there's an enmeshment there that that is, uh, I mean, uh, years of therapy, yes, to, to get to get to get rid of that, yeah, years and years. And you know, in terms of victims of sexual abuse, I mean, it's just, I mean, I have another, you know, an African client, South African client, who's. Uh, was raped by his aunt from the age of five to the age of 13. And, you know, well, in African terminology, I don't know if aunt is neighbor or, you know, but it was yeah. an older lady, let's sure. call it that. And when he finally told his family, they all turned against him and kind of cast him out. So at the age of 16, 17, he moved out of the house. Um, and he's now turned around and said, well, I'm homosexual. I hate women. I can't stand them. And he sleeps with older white men because they can look after him they can take mm. care of him mm. 
You know, so there again, another dysfunction. But every time he sleeps with an older white man, he phones me and he says to me, I hate myself. I don't know why I'm doing this. You know, so he identifies as a homosexual, but I don't think he's quite quite there bought into yeah. it yet you yeah. know i don't think he's he's there so to him it's a it's a it's a means of of surviving it's a means of you know i i get accommodation i get food i get money i get you know and oh, well i just put up with the sex because you know that's that's what i do so essentially he's just a male prostitute you know and that's mm. the effect of the childhood abuse and uh you know guys that can't be intimate with their wives because of the shame of what happened to them as children um you know, and there's this pressure in society, you know. I mean, I went through it myself, you know. So you're dealing with all of this and you're not happy. So I'd suffered. I didn't know it, but I was clinically depressed, essentially. Um, and society tells me, well, you know, if you you live the dream, you know, you get the house with the white picket fence, you get the wife, the two children, the two cars, the microwave, the television, and the two dogs. Yeah. And got you'll be all. happy. You've got it all. Yeah. Yes. And I got it all. You know, I got the big house, I got the wife, I got the child, I got the cars, I got, you know, the whole thing. And I was still depressed. Mm, mm, mm. You know? And that's when you finally get to a point where you realize actually it's not about stuff. You know, happiness, true happiness comes from self-contentment. Self-love, self-worth And until you start dealing with all those traumas That happened in your life You're never going to reach that point where you can have You know, I mean, I was, I say to people It was seven years ago Where I could look into a mirror for the first time in my life And say, hey You're not that bad a guy You know, up until that point I hated myself mm-hmm. It was, you know, looking, I wouldn't even look in the mirror I mean, you know, why bother I mean that's a huge statement you've just made. It's 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 huge, and and the fact that you've done that and actually leads me into how I want to close the show. The fact that there is hope, and and there is a life beyond the the abuse, and you can change your reality. Yes. How, what are the first steps? What do people do now? They've listened to the show. It, it may have triggered some stuff, and I'm, sh- I'm sure for some people it, it will it have will. triggered. Mm. How do you move? What's your next step? What do, you, what do you do from here? Next step is to find the courage to talk to somebody about it. Right. You know, this is the big thing. You've kept the secret for way too long now. It's been, you know, I always call it sort of... Just look at it as a can of beans that's been mm. in the cupboard for 20 years, you know, and it's starting to fester. And it's going to get to a point where it's going to burst. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's a, a inevitably great, will burst. Will burst, yes. Point, yeah. And that's what's happening to your mind. So your subconscious has been keeping this secret and it's been festering and it's going to burst. And this is this wonderful thing that men go through. We all go through it. Midlife crisis. Yeah. And I always joke. I say, I didn't have enough money to buy a Porsche. So I've, I dealt with my stuff, you know, so <laughs> best thing to do. And it's going to happen. So why not preempt it and say, well, you know, I know this happened to myself. Let me get help. Mm. You know, let me reach out to somebody. So get, go, go for therapy. Great source, you know. People are so afraid of therapy. I don't, know. you know, if you crazy, yeah. if you're sick, you got a heart problem, you're going to go to a heart specialist. You know, if you got a mental issue, go to a therapist. You know, find yourself a good therapist. Talk about it. This is the most important thing, and reach out. You know, once you've been for a couple of sessions in therapy or whatever, then you can reach out to a group environment like Matrix Men Runs, and you can get involved in a group where we sit 
once every two weeks and we just talk about and uh, one of the guys came in it was many years ago in one of our first groups and he said this is the one place where i can come every week and just for this hour i can feel normal that is such uh, so important because because what what has come up while we were talking now while we're closing up even if I think it's so important not to trivialize what happened to you because I, th- I think we, I think we are so programmed to trivia- trivialize it. Oh, it wasn't so bad, especially as we've spoken about men raping, uh, uh women make raping men or boys. Yes, yes. Don't trivialize that. Don't put it down. You don't have to do that. If, if it's, if, if there's something that's making you feel uneasy, look at it. And st- take the steps to make it better. And deal with it. And deal with it. Be a real man. Yeah, exactly. That's the true sense of courage and masculinity. Yes. Is yeah. facing up to stuff. Yeah. And being able to face up to it. Believe you me, it wasn't easy. I'm sure. When I came and I started dealing with this about 10 years ago, I mean, I had to start telling people. And the first person I had to tell was my, my wife. And I was like, okay, well, this is what happened to me. And she was like, I kind of thought that something had happened to you, you know, you're going fine. And eventually, many years later, I had to go and tell my father, you know, mm-hmm. on his 80th birthday, what a gift. Hey, Dad, <laughs> <laughs> I was raped as a child, you know. And I had to tell him because Matrix Men was starting to take shape in those days and we were getting more traction, you mm-hmm. know. And tell my brothers, you know, tell my family. And it, it was it was difficult. It wasn't easy. Trust you me. No, it's it's it, yeah. look. It, it can't be an easy journey no, at at all. Not at all. So, guys, if you're out there, how do they get hold of Matrix Men? So the best way to deal with us is to WhatsApp us on zero six eight three four two zero five one five. And the reasons why I say WhatsApp is because seriously, I get huge calls after shows like these this 16 days of activism i've been on i don't know how many television programs sure. and radio programs so we get inundated with with calls and i so when you whatsapp me just give me your name your number who you'd like to chat to and i'll get somebody to to whatsapp do you back. have an email address or a website yeah we're matrix men www.matrixmen.org Okay, and on there you, there'll be links the to contents, emails and and right. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Martin, it's been fascinating. It's been a very elucid, uh, illuminating, and uh, thank you very much for being on the show. I think we're going to bring you back towards the end of next year as well, and just, just have, an, have another chat because I, I don't think this can be done all in one. No, this is like a two-week show. Absolutely, <laughs> and we will be back next week. Doctor Mark will be back from his. Uh, Sojourn in um, his clinic in Malawi And I'm not sure what we're talking about next week But we will be back So have a wonderful, wonderful week This has been the Tea Health Show With Dr. Mark and Chris Haven-Smith Sponsored by the Tea Clinic For more information Contact admin at theteaclinic.com Cliffcentral.com